0: You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the
1: can-eat-more... getting this book on ufo's did you know they're real but there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up oh that's
0: just a paranoid
1: fantasy i want to be a book you can pick me
2: up flip through my pages make sure nobody drew wieners in me
0: Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because pain is what makes us feel alive. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, the answer to the question, who let the dogs
1: out?
2: Benedict! What is your ideal bowl of slop? Before you start, sorry, Do you know? did you know that song is about pervy men? I have no idea. <laughs> who let the dogs out? It's it, it, a woman shouting who let the dogs out about, oh, about made, men. Look,
0: Benedict, Benedict, did you think I had closely listened no. to the lyrics of a song from when, I don't know, what from was that? 1997
2: 1996? or whatever it was. In, in a patois. When you and I too, like. were six
0: or seven years old. Anyway, no, this is something. Who let the dogs out? I, That's the only lyrics any yeah, of but
2: the, the preceding lyric is, and a woman shouted who let the dogs out. And it's about men being catcally. y Ah, uh, um, <laughs> uh,
0: sort of like how uh, TLC's Waterfalls is a terribly depressing song Extremely. about a murder victim and AIDS, yep. if you actually listen to yep, the yep, lyrics. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Um, I love those songs that people don't. Uh, anything that has a, get, a,
2: a a beat and a catchy
0: hook, and everyone's like, "Yeah, like, I like that great. catchy hook." Yeah. What's that? Three little words that took him to grave. What? What's that
2: stuff? What's going on <laughs> there? Never mind.
0: Never mind. Three no, letters. It. It's letters, it. not words. Catchy. It's catchy.
2: Um. Yeah. Anyway. So, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> What's your ideal bowl o slop? I think you have to uh, d- the, define the terms for okay. me.
0: Okay. Uh, things you ate before you got married. <laughs> when you would sit alone in your shame and, and simply eat whatever it was out of a bowl. Well, There's a bunch of stuff piled into it. You know exactly I, what I'm talking about. I can about. actually tell don't you. Don't pretend you don't know exactly I, no, what I, I, I'm talking I'm gonna about. I'm
2: going to tell you. I can tell you this weekend I was home alone for the first time in ages. <laughs> um, and I ate noodles with uh, sesame oil and vinegar and nothing okay, else. I thought you were going to say buttered noodles. No, so. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like uh, udon noodles with sesame oil and Chinese vinegar and nothing else. That was all I ate. Okay, but that's
0: not much of a bowl of slop. Uh,
2: no, okay, fair enough. Um, I think probably, like... Uh, I don't know. Like, pas- like, pasta and whatever I have to hand is, like, the, yeah. the, probably dump the a, one. Just dump a
0: handful of cheese on top. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, any, like... Literally any sauce that is open in the cupboard, even if it is not <laughs> Italian. Like, I have done pasta with all kinds of, like, culturally insensitive things. Um <laughs> so culturally insensitive pasta yeah culturally insensitive (laughs) pasta (laughs) combinations like i've done it pasta with enchilada sauce. exactly that exactly (laughs) that kind of thing i've been very very fast and loose with what sauces can go with a pasta Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. i would say probably that i think pasta pasta is my vehicle of choice for whatever sauce i have to hand yeah you know
0: different people have for we all okay all of us all of us, uh, you know, most of us anyways, who have been single at one point in our lives, men in particular, although all people do this, but us men, manly men, like me and Benedict, we have our ideal well, bowl oh, of slop. let's
2: not go ahead of ourselves.
1: And,
0: and, <laughs> and I will say different people have a different unique base
2: to their bowl of slop,
0: right? Like different people do different things. We all have our different styles. Yeah, I
2: feel like it's always, I mean, it's always like a grain, right? So it's like rice or pasta or noodles or bread. Like it's, it's generally one of those four.
0: Yeah, you, well, it's a car. I think it's a carbohydrate. Yeah, you're right. It's got to be right. a carbohydrate down there in the bottom. That's what it's all about. Because mine, I'll tell you, what mine is, uh, mine is a unique creation that I'm sure no one but me has ever come up with before in the history of time. Uh, it is uh, some breakfast potatoes that oh, I'll make okay. on the stove. You know, make you know, chop up a potato or two and and uh, cook them a little bit. Toss them in the bowl. On top of that, a can of canned obviously uh corned beef hash Ooh, okay. which you 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 cook until it gets crispy you got to get some crispy in there yep. a little bit of a different texture plop that on top of your bowl of potatoes then one or two fried eggs over the top okay. over easy so you got that yolk to run down smother that fucker in hot sauce just just drench it in tabasco or Cholula or whatever you got in the cupboard, that is and I'm, simply I'm off to the races a
2: diner breakfast like i don't know why yes! you think you invented this was that but sarcasm? It's a, delicious,
0: it's a delicious bowl of slop. It's, it's fantastic. I just had it the other day. That's why it came to That's mind. literally my
2: diner order, honestly. Like, if I ever go to a diner, it's Cornby Fashion break- Breakfast Potatoes.
0: Yeah, like, just toss all that on there. It's, it's, I mean, you can't beat perfection. It's already as good as it gets. It's, so anyways,
2: it's such a good... Ve- like Anything, to be honest, that's like a vehicle for hot sauce is absolutely mm-hmm. fine for me. A vehicle for hot sauce. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sometimes
0: salsa. Sometimes you mix it up and do a little bit of salsa. A little bit different there. But anyways, Benedict, you know. But the listeners might not. Might have some new people out there. They might not know what exactly it is that we do here on this program. And to them, I would say, Benedict, now, this is the show where we dive down deep, 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 deep into the popcorn bowl oh. of right wing.
2: Do I want to say thoughts? Yeah. Are thoughts the right word? I mean, the... shower mm. thoughts are still thoughts. And that's they what most still... of this book is. Technically, they have sentience. Yes. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn well Beck's said. shower thoughts is searching for
0: the lone remaining Raisinette
2: of right-wing thought Raisinette, not even an unpopped kernel I feel like an unpopped kernel Have you never dumped a box of like raisinettes
0: Or other sort of chocolate into the popcorn bowl At the movie theater? I haven't, first of all But I also think,
2: not to criticize your storytelling and wordplay But I actually Mm -hmm. think the unpopped kernel Is a better metaphor here because well. it's like that. It you, like there was maybe something there, but you just didn't think, even try, and I now think it's the just raw. Kernel,
0: uh, implies that there's
2: some potential yeah, left there, I mean,
0: which which is a problem. Okay, I I well I metaphor. yeah
2: okay I think. I think there is somewhere. It's just they put absolutely no effort into making it happen, <laughs> which is the thing. They're like, I put it in the microwave for three seconds and nothing happened. What do you do? <laughs> That's how I feel about everything we read. They're like, okay, here are my ingredients to make a good book. Oh, no. Oh. It didn't happen.
0: Oh, no. We have words on a page. How did it not come together? <laughs> but anyways, Benedict, why Ooh, don't we start it off this week? Do you have... hot take for us this
2: week i do actually uh and it's attacking my new country uh but in Mm. a very gentle way
0: oh we're gonna kick you out for that. (laughs) we're gonna kick you out for that
2: um no i just think americans generally should listen to a broader range of music because they're very focused on uh, american music and see i had written
0: down you well you had written down in our notes that we work off of Americans should listen. That's true, too. thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to have a deep take about what's going on in Afghanistan no. right now. No, I am not something qualified to talk about that in any way. But nah, <laughs> No, they listen to too much 90s rock.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. There are too many <laughs> 90s rock stations. I, I say this because I've fallen back into uh, a pattern of listening to UK hip-hop, and it's so good. And it's so oh much God. better than most US... Like just you
0: walking down the streets with a pair of Beats headphones on, blasting right. Stormzy. Stormzy,
2: not not really Stormzy <laughs> that much, but that like that vibe. And like they're so much better. Like the best UK rappers and grime artists are so much better than like half of the American, more than half of American hip hop artists. So anyway, my
0: friend, my friend, don't you dare say that to someone who grew up in the nineties in the United States. Okay, fine. Because I will give you... The world the, has, the, the the world has state, moved on, Kevin. The current state of rap in the United States is to quote a president not well. <laughs> <laughs> to, to paraphrase a president. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good.
2: No, I mean, there are uh, some... I just... I, I've become the old, old dude who's like, you know, these commercial rappers... <laughs> I've become that. They've person. always been commercial. Know, They're all I commercial. I know. I mean exactly. Like Biggie was not not commercial. Like it's uh, Yes, but he
0: had actual talent.
2: Yeah. Well some you know, of them. You do and have I talent. I
0: believe share a disdain for
2: mumble rap. I uh, truly. Truly. I yeah. But yeah. I think can partly just it? because I'm old and I'm like, what did he say? Yep. <laughs>
0: also, I think it's just like when I listen to all this stuff, the words don't matter. The words don't matter. It's just about like can we get a track we can put you know, blast the 808s at 100%. Like, that's that's what I get when I pick that up. And yeah, there's people who will argue with me and say there's great, but it's musical taste to each our own. And I grew up in a time of true rap greats, right? The early 90s through the late 90s. And when I was, you know, 10-ish years old... Uh, my older cousin, who was 21 at the time, was living with us, so I was riding around with him, listening to Tupac Bump in, and Still Biggie DRE.
2: like, <laughs> in a yes, all that
0: good stuff, all that good um, stuff. I, we grew up in a golden age, Ludacris. Right. How can we? How, how is he just an actor
2: now? Yeah, Ludacris it's was. Is it's a weird when people underrated become underrated just actors. It's very odd. Um, but anyway, and also our names are just better. Like we have an amazing guy called Dave. His whole name is Dave. <laughs> Because we don't have as many. So we can just be like, oh, what's your name? Oh, that's, that's, Dave. that's Dave. What is he, Dave? That's Dave. Anyway, Dave's new album uh, is really good. Everyone should listen to Dave's new album. It's called... Wait,
0: you're not talking... Not, well, not, I'm, I'm not of, Lil Dicky. Yeah. No,
2: yeah, no, no, that's no. what I was going to say. No, not Little Dicky. Actual dip. Although
0: I do have to say, ironically, he has a couple decent songs.
2: Yeah. And the fact I that mean, he's taking... he is, he is uh talented... He's talented Technic- at satire. He is technically talented.
1: He he's is not a good the rapper. Doing Weird Al act yeah. in rap.
0: Yeah. You no, know, he, he's doing a decent job at the Weird Al act in rap. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. he's sort of taken what Weird Al I have mentioned in the past. My first concert of my life was a Weird Al Yankovic concert. So I do have a little bit of uh, a
2: bit of a vested love interest the, the, the vested genre interest.
0: of satire music. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. And anyway, he's, he's got some funny stuff. All going I was going
2: to say is go listen to Dave. Go listen to um, Fredo. <laughs> Fredo. <laughs> uh, listen to uh, Chip's Good. Gets is Good. Gigs is Good. All these like, sing, monosyllabic rapper names from the UK. <laughs> Just like that's all you need.
0: Okay. Well, what about I'm your go hot listen take? Listen to uh, Benedict. My hot take this week. Um, there is no more, no longer, and hasn't been for me for a while. A presumption of good faith for the right. Okay. Period. Just period. End of story. I think for too long, uh, we've all pretended as though you can have good faith arguments with these people. Or as though you can uh, have discussions with them without just mocking them because they're nightmarish human beings who deserve to be ousted from our society and our company. Uh, But no, no, I am here to declare today uh, there is no such presumption of good faith for the right. Because anyone who has made it through the past decade of the right, and particularly I'm talking about the American right, um, they don't deserve that presumption anymore. They certainly don't. If they made it through the rise and fall of Donald Trump and still (laughs) proclaim themselves a Republican, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm just going to mock you Mm. because that's all you deserve. Yeah. That's it.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's it seems, seems
0: reasonable to me. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I realized the other day I was I was on Twitter, as where so many of these thoughts are formed for me, and uh, somebody responded to one of my tweets with a right-wing talking point about COVID bullshit, mm. right? Um, and I almost, I, I, I typed out half a tweet where I was just going to explain to them how they're wrong. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Because you're not making this argument in good faith. I know that. Despite the fact that we're separated by thousands of miles on the other side of our respective screens, I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. It's a place of absolute bullshit. You're not being honest. You're just thinking that you can put forward this bullshit point and it was like, oh, if vaccines work, why do we need masks? Anyone who took half a second to think through that proposition would know why they're full of shit. So I'm not giving them the presumption of good faith. I'm just going to mock them. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. I'm done. Done
2: with it. All right. That Anyways. Good.
0: Benedict, rather than the garbage we read, what should our listeners check out? What? is on benedict's bookshelf
2: Oof. this week what is on benedict's bookshelf this
0: we're, week? We're, look we're, we're stumbling through stuff today <laughs> because it's been a rough weekend it's, it's been a very yeah, rough, it's been a rough, weekend.
2: rough week um i think i've maybe recommended this before but i just started reading it again um and it's uh jose Saramago's the gospel according to jesus christ which mm. is uh very good and it's a uh portuguese book but has been well translated i think in my opinion um about it's just a retelling of the jesus story and it's like a very uh humanizing thing there's also a bit of magical realism in the kind of iberian tradition so and it's uh he I, i forget exactly what happened but there's some, like he, he has a lot of guilt over uh, something that happens to Joseph in the story. I think Joseph dies and, or never accepted him as his son or something because Mary was like, it's <laughs> God's Daddy issues. Yeah, <laughs> but essentially. Like the premise is that Jesus has daddy <laughs> issues, which is, is, is quite good. Um,
0: that I, might be my favorite version of Jesus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'd never really thought about it that way until I read this book and I was like, Oh yeah, I guess that would make sense. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just a really interesting book. And Saramago is a, 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 an interesting writer. Um, he has a bunch of other books that I'd recommend as well. But I think I've done that in the past. So I won't waste time here, but just go check out Sarah Mar- Jose Saramago. Um, he's very good. thought you might react to that no i have to, to, tap, the, no, I, I have to I, tap the sign i thought you might react to that in <laughs> any way before i asked you what your well, your was. You, you,
0: every time you recommend a book it's like ah check out this portuguese writer that kevin's never well, gonna read okay
2: <laughs> supposed to do? at least i fucking recommend books in the book recommendation <laughs> I section do occasionally, occasionally. recommend books <laughs> That have been turned into like TV series, yeah. If they were a comic Most book often, to start, yeah. With. But still, all right, Kevin. Look, what's on your bookshelf? I this have week?
0: established that this in the past. Other things can be placed on a bookshelf besides just books. What's on your bookshelf? This you bookshelf? and I were born in the age of DVDs. You could place
2: a DVD okay, on. The a next bookshelf. time you recommend a fucking movie, <laughs> I want you to show me the DVD
0: <laughs>
1: case of it.
2: I didn't
0: say I have them. I just said they're available said they're available uh but today benedict i am recommending an anime Uh (laughs) which is based on a manga yeah a series no a series of light novels okay so yeah yeah far fewer pictures (laughs) all right um it's called the rising of the shield hero and it is fantastic um there's a popular trend in anime and manga and all that stuff uh, for a genre called isekai, which is basically a person taken out of their own world and put into another world where they you know, don't understand what's going on and they're trying to find their way to get back home, blah, 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 whatever the case. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a strong trend because there were a couple of really popular uh, uh, shows or books or whatever, or, or um, manga that were uh, based on that format. And so it's sort of taken off at its own, its own genre recently. Uh, but The Rising of the Shield Hero uh, is one that I really fucking love because it breaks the format of, you know, typically in those, the person the, who, is, who is taken into a new world is, you know, they're, they're a good, always a good guy, and they're always winning and fighting and blah, blah, blah. In this one, the main character uh, gets accused of rape very early on that mm. he didn't do. As part of a plot by an evil princess and the church that runs the nation to try and take him down because they think that he's the shield hero and there are three other heroes, a spear, a sword, and a bow. Uh, But uh, the the church thinks that the shield hero is evil and they want to get rid of him, all that kind of stuff. Um, And is hated by literally everyone and just starts to hate everyone back. Um, And so there's this really great arc throughout the beginning of the series where he just fucking hates everyone and everything. And he's just, fuck it. He just says, fuck it. And it's such a great break from uh, what I have to say most anime have, which is just a bunch of entirely earnest people being earnest. Mm. Uh, (laughs) It's just like the complete opposite of that. He's just like, fuck all you people. I hate you all. It's great. (laughs) And he, and he actually, you know, they do a really great job, I have to say, um, the voice actors and everything, in portraying sort of his anger and hatred and all these emotions. Really talented voice actors they got for the series. Um, and it's really well done. Uh, and it is based on a series of light novels, which I bought a couple of to read because I really like the show so much. So now I'm actually reading those. So you can go read them if you want to. Uh, but check it out, Rising of the Shield Hero. It's on your, your spots, your Hulus and stuff, if you want to check it out uh highly highly recommended okay you're not going to comment
2: no on that no topic? i do i, you know do I when have i ever given any <laughs> indication that i care about any of your <laughs> anime recommendations uh... also we love you... each other here on the show yeah, <laughs> we do you made me watch anime for a patron episode so maybe i'll make you read a portuguese book for a patron episode. oh fuck no <laughs>
0: Anyways, housekeeping. Rate and review us on iTunes. Remember, click on the thing, leave the stars, all that sorts of good stuff. Follow us on all the social medias. Uh you should go over on uh Twitter. That's that's really the only place we're actually active because you know, I hate Facebook with a passion. Uh follow us at NYGBC Pod on Twitter. Uh and Benedict is, I should mention. um, I thought you'd forgotten again. Well, and no. Every, uh, every week, give me
2: hope that you've forgotten and then <laughs> fucking snatch it back away from me.
0: Benedict was out the other day walking around the great city of New York City, which he lives in. <laughs> New York City. And enjoys. Sometimes. Uh, and he was, he was, you know, he's walking around just looking through shops like a child in a Dickens novel, uh, lustfully peering at the goods inside of the windows as any good capitalist would. And uh, he spotted... Inside of one of those those dusty shop windows, a, a small item is a, a television set. That is it's not a small... In, I, I thought you were going to be like
1: novels. a
2: unicorn locket. <laughs> and then he couldn't afford the small unicorn locket, despite it only being made of aluminium. And the shopkeeper ben was liked. like, you are too ben poor, ben sir.
0: Why would you want a unicorn? Uh, but he spotted a small portable television. And he thought, you know what, I should get this so that when I go out... Uh, to sit in the parking lot of the baseball stadium in the 1990s where I live currently now at Benedict, um, I can sit there and watch uh, the game with this weird tailgating tradition that I never quite understood where people don't actually go into the game. They just park in the parking lot and watch the game on a television, which doesn't make any sense. You're there. You should just go in. It doesn't make sense. He said all these things to himself. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he thought for a moment and he, he looked, the screen was on on the television, and what would pop? onto that television screen, except for Benedict. You don't have enough stars on iTunes. You can't afford this mm, television.
2: Okay. That's the... So yeah, if
0: you want to help Benedict be able to do his weird tailgating tradition that nobody quite understands, except for the fact that you can bring all your own booze and get drunk in a parking lot and then forget the fact that you have to drive home later and probably end up with a DUI, you can go leave us five stars on iTunes.
2: Right. That'll work out for you today, Benedict? Sure, fine, Whatever. <laughs> Thank you for including me (laughs) in your fucking narrative.
0: Tailgating's weird, buddy. Tailgating's (laughs) weird.
2: (laughs) One American tradition I will never partake in, I think.
0: We're going to have to do it. But (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I should also mention, of course, today we are doing the final chapter of Glenn Beck's book, Arguing with Socialists. Benedict, how happy are you about that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> so happy no i well i'm i'm quite happy but i'm also sad in the sense that now i there's going to be another one <laughs> yes that i'm gonna have to
0: read there will be another one yeah. um, that we haven't and picked i should yet, say but we will well and I, I was going to i was just going to say um normally in the past i put together a list of selections and submitted them to our patrons or put out a poll on twitter and said what do you want us to read next but this time you know uh because benedict and all his problems with that having enough stars on itunes i decided i could cheer him up a little time uh and i gave benedict the authority to select our next book Mm -hmm. which i suddenly realized based on his previous comments he has not selected yet despite the fact he was supposed to have that for me today Mm,
2: yeah that's right so (laughs) so so we'll have that we'll have that we'll have that next week right (laughs) Here's me hoping we, yeah,
0: next week when I'm supposed to, never mind. We'll deal with this off the air, Benedict.
2: I have a short list. um,
0: Okay, okay. But, uh, so we're excited. We're finally at the end of this book. It has been forever. And uh, there's a lot to say about what we've read so far. But we're going to have next week's episode, obviously, an Interstitial. We're going to continue the uh, review of the Glenn Beck series, the George Soros conspiracy bullshit thing he did puppet master uh and then the week after that is going to be our wrap up you know or sort of our review of what we went through in this book and the introduction of the next book so we'll be doing that two weeks from now so you will know what the next book will be for two weeks from now and hopefully i will know as well mm. since i have to prepare that episode hopefully uh, or maybe i'll make you do it this time if you're gonna fucking do it this to me but anyways benedict with all that out of the way we returned to our book review of Arguing with Socialists mm. by Glenn Beck, the man who appears under the dictionary entry for. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> Benedict! <laughs> what did we read this week?
2: Well, Kevin, this week we read chapter nine, A Better Way, in which Glenn Beck proposes absolutely nothing <laughs> somehow. No,
0: he, he does. Well, well, okay,
2: I, the line you had written in our outline was better, in which Glenn
0: offers no better way. Because <laughs> I, I, he doesn't. Here's the thing. I expected, based on sort of the, you know, formula of all the past books we've read, uh, from Dinesh D'Souza to Trump Jr. to everybody...
2: To at least suggest rounding up your enemies and putting them in prison camps. Yes!
0: Where at least Dinesh D'Souza had (laughs) the balls to suggest as the solution to fascism. Fascism? (laughs) Uh, Glenn just has vagaries and ill-defined non-propositions mm-hmm. that's all he has for us here yep i will never i will never love anything more than, than dinesh d'souza <laughs> proposing so fascism funny. as the solution to fascism there really so is nothing funny. better
2: than round that. up preemptively round up the democrats and yes. put them in <laughs> yeah. it was uh,
0: political prosecutions of his enemies yep. and oh god he was, Absolutely he was wonderful so he was so fucking when, good when
2: people tell you who they are believe them
0: Yes, yes. But yes, in this chapter, in which, because of the title, A Better Way, I thought, before I started reading it, this is where he's going to provide us his version of what should happen. The closest he gets to doing that is by writing the words free market. Oh, uh, over and, and over again, all- like a
2: chalkboard. Yes. Like he's like he like he's yes. been told to stay behind after class and write about free markets. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, by the way, I realized, I think, while reading this chapter... I don't think he's ever def- bothered to define the term free market
2: in this book. Not properly. I don't think he's ever than bothered than just to like define anything it. Anything goes, right? Like...
0: well, I think he sort of defined it by uh, negative terms, right? By defining all the things that it's not. Or some of the things that yeah. it's not, right? So
2: it just—it's uh, it, it, not socialism, basically, and it's also not the current yeah, system of capitalism. Not his straw
0: man version of socialism yeah. that he's laid out. Well,
2: it's not yes. socialism. Like, it's not free markets aren't socialism because it's there is some level of, of of planned. Like, to to be a completely free market, it can't be socialistic. But that's you know by the by, right. of, you, and so And also, like, he but just he just doesn't define anything. So, like, any problems because he's he's talking about no government regulation of anything. Like, okay, right. well, what? It's what, never existed. What happens it's never existed. What happens when someone wants to sell heroin on the free market then? Or like <laughs> when when a well, what, you know, but like birth control too. He's a too. purported he's a purported libertarian. So
0: if he was actually a libertarian and not just larping as a libertarian, uh-huh. he would say you should be able to sell, he- yeah. sell heroin and the government shouldn't be able to do anything exactly. about that.
2: Exactly. But he's
0: just he's just a libertarian larper. So he doesn't I don't think he actually does believe
1: well, uh, he just, he just doesn't, even, he just doesn't
2: even engage with that prospect, right? It's just like, oh, everything will be happy clappy if the markets are allowed to decide. But then
0: I'm just I'm pointing out I, I don't think Glenn Beck is an actual libertarian yeah, because no, at no point in this book did he bring up age of consent laws. So <laughs> what better proof do we need than that? Oh, God. <laughs> we're delaying let's let's be happy at least that this last chapter is only 20 pages. Yeah, which is if still that. too long. still too long. but you know we're, we're dragging out a bit here in the beginning because there really is. Very little to talk about this week
2: in this oh, last there's chapter. Enough. Um, there's enough. There's, there's <laughs> enough for me to to do some voices. At there were
0: moments that made you go a little crazy. Oh, I texted for... you. I texted you. Yes. I, I yes, think mostly when me. he
2: was like, lol, we eradicated di- disease through free markets <laughs> on the first page.
0: <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So, Benedict, why don't you describe this week's cartoon for us? Oh, yeah. I absolutely... It's a simple one. I actually it's
2: very I, I like one. this one. Uh, because it is a bridge that looks like it's in New York City for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It looks like it's supposed to be like the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and then it's like tent cities underneath, uh, implying mm-hmm. that it's there's uh, unhoused yep. people. And then there's a, a, a picture of Bernie Sanders, which actually isn't a bad caricature, to be honest. No, it's one of the, least, one of the offensive least offensive caricatures ones. we've yeah, got exactly. in this book. Uh, saying, uh, this is an absolute travesty. This is why the rich must be forced to pay their fair share and it's zoomed in on his face and then it zooms out and it looks like he's on a boat somehow
0: i guess <laughs> I don't know, or maybe a uh, like a like or a, a balcony, balcony like a massive yeah, something like an, like, that. like a
2: palatial balcony <laughs> and it's just saying him saying the word tragic and his pockets are stuffed with money but it just looks like he has absolutely massive bollocks like it like <laughs> just it looks like bernie big balls absolutely like
0: <laughs> yes yes it does look like that um i was going to point out the you know the uh problems the anti-semitic problems of showing an old jewish man with pockets stuffed full of cash but yes i guess it does kind of look like he has big balls so <laughs> yeah
2: so that's that's how, how I'm, round, I'm, I'm choos- I'm, that's how i'm choosing to see it as like this this cartoonist just thinks bernie's just got massive balls um, yeah. Yep. sure whatever <laughs> anyway that's the whole cartoon and it's accusing bernie sanders yep. of hypocrisy i suppose oh yeah
0: the same things they always do bernie sanders has three houses or whatever it is and it's like yeah if you guys don't understand that he's not saying people can't own things and homes and stuff
2: that's on you yeah. for being stupid <laughs> that is you not and again it goes back to my point We're of just americans saying, maybe should instead of listen betsy
0: devos having 12 yachts maybe she just has one or two yeah does that sound like a place we could start from
2: americans should listen as always. Jesus Christ.
0: But Benedict, do you have an alternate chapter I do. Title for it us is.
2: I have a thought experiment for you. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> uh, mine is give me Twinkies or give oh me my death. Oh, God. The fucking Twinkies. Immediately.
2: This Shut is. Shut the fuck up about Twinkies, dude. Uh, come on.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like it's, you know, it's that classic writing technique of uh, the callback to the beginning because, you know, you open with Twinkies, you end with Twinkies. A classic. I'm pretty sure it was jo- the first Joycean, chapter. in fact. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he brought up Twinkies in the first chapter. I didn't bother to go back think, and look, but I know it was, it was an early chapter honestly, where he did the whole Twinkie line. more
2: than anything else, the writing in this book has been the worst thing about it for me.
0: Oh, it's been very bad it's been very bad just like the, the ideas to... are
2: uh you know whatever nothing new right and some of the writing is like the, the writing has been bad in other books too that's not been bad let, let's not put that aside but this is that like yuck yuck like radio host writing a book type writing well, you've just described what this is It's yeah. just what it <laughs> yeah. is no but that's it's, it, it's particularly egregious and offensive to me um so,
0: well, I'm, I'm starting to believe even more now that we're at the end of this book that Glenn Beck actually was the editor of this book uh, because he has all those, those contributors listed. Right. Yeah, I'm so starting you think to think other wonder, people
2: wrote it and he's the. He, editor. Well,
0: I, I think there's a chance. I think it's if all these people have ghostwriters, we, every fucking conservative, you know, except for a handful, have fucking ghostwriters who do the majority of their work for them. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I'm starting to believe not only because of, you know, uh, the fact that a lot of the the repetition we've talked about before, the fact that the same points are made over and over again, seemingly without realizing that that point was already done in a previous chapter, and they're just doing it over again for no discernible purpose. Kevin,
2: you say that. But I have read the phrase Jerusalem and Athens, Jerusalem and Athens, Jerusalem and Athens (laughs) so many times in a row by someone who I presume wrote the whole of the book. So
0: Jeez, okay, you're right. We can't beat the repetition <laughs> of Ben Shapiro's fucking book. There was nothing more repetitive. <laughs> that was such than a
2: funny bullshit. thesis. Also, just like ty- trying oh, to yeah. trying to tie all this disparate stuff back to Jerusalem and Athens in the most convoluted way possible. <laughs> so funny. And there was literally, it, like, it was like an undergrad. Day. It was one of my undergrad essays of like, and now you will note that actually <laughs> everything <laughs> ties back to that one time that I actually know something about. And thus, oh. that was the reason for all of society. It's like, it's
0: on, like huh? in high school when they teach you how to do like, you know, write by numbers style essays,
1: oh, like, right? Where on it's the like one three, hand, uh, in, in conclusion, America is three a land intermediate of paragraphs, yeah, concluding yeah, paragraph.
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, you know, they do that whole formula. Not bullshit. even not even any dialectics. Just come I on. I know
0: it's just that's just all it is, and that's the best we can expect out of any of these, of course. But I will say, as I was saying about the editing thing, the number, the sheer number of typos and other, you know. Layout errors, things that should have been caught by an actual editor, lead me to believe that Glenn Beck actually was the editor of this book.
2: Yeah. The I would sheer say number of
0: mistakes that went to print make me think he actually t- tried to take that role on himself. There are,
2: there are a lot of mistakes, and I would say, as an editor of sorts, um, mm-hmm. editing is quite hard. Like, it is very time consuming, and like it's easy for yeah. little mistakes to fall through. With, you know, which Benedict, which dickheads like us are like Haha, they, the they wrote a but, twice. But here's <laughs> the thing, Benedict.
0: I have read you know 900 page law books, case books for law school, that I never noticed a single typo in, despite the fact that I was reading them closely as a law student. I didn't yeah, notice but fucking that, that's typos. Stuff
2: in them. that matters, like. <laughs> well, that's also true. That one has to be uh, oh. has to be correct,
0: but. Benedict, why don't, we, why don't we finally begin this last chapter of Arguing with Socialists? And it begins with a big page, which has a bunch of those racist caricatures that we've had throughout the book, sort of put on this black background in, in white ink, uh, and it has the phrase next to it, free markets equals free people Plus prosperity.
2: See, he which does define makes it. no sense. <laughs> it's completely, completely, what <laughs> good working definition of free market? What the okay, fuck is that? He did not define. No, it. I know. That I'm, makes no I, fucking sense. Of course sense. it doesn't. I'm, okay. I'm being okay. sarcastic. Free people plus prosperity. What? I think... Okay, I, here's the thing. I think Anyone who's
0: taken high school algebra knows that it doesn't matter which
2: side that equal sign is on. So it doesn't make sense what he's saying either way. No, it doesn't. Because free people... Put, what he's saying is free markets e- creates free people and prosperity. Yes. But, but you, you can't also read get to free markets. Free yeah, people exactly. plus prosperity exactly.
0: equal free markets. Which market. is how you, you could should read it. Because either either
2: normally the equation of it is is is, is like the sum is the thing that equals the other thing so like he exactly exactly so the the addition makes absolutely zero sense what he means is and even this is debatable but what he means is free markets leads to free people and prosperity but that's not what he's (laughs) written not plus and is what he was looking for there yeah and yeah yeah Or it's not it's not equals it's leads to which is not the same as an equal sign it's, what he wants sure. is an arrow. I don't know if he's familiar <laughs> with basic typography. Yeah, he's
0: he's not doing a great job. Again, <laughs> leads back to my claim that he's probably the actual editor mm. of this book. <laughs> Leaves more evidence that leads me to believe that. Uh, but he starts off this chapter with a John Adams quote that doesn't matter. <laughs> but I will <laughs> Pretty read Pretty much, <laughs> and it is quote the moment the idea is admitted into society that prosperity is not as sacred as the laws of god that there is not a force of law and public justice to protect it anarchy and tyranny commence if thou shalt not covet and thou shalt not steal were not commandments of heaven they must be made inviolable precepts in every society before it can be civilized or made free
2: you, you said prosperity it's property that he's he sorry says, sorry property, um property. That, it, that's basically libertarian laura Mipsum, isn't it like that's you know yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's essentially what's happened there
0: basically is uh there's there's a whole lot of non there's there's just no teeth there's no teeth to that at it's all. a fine well, quote
2: he, but it's just irrelevant to everything yeah. else that gets said in the chapter sure.
0: like sure he's just saying that we need to have an we need to you know instill ethics in people from beginning that's all he's saying there great which is sure. interesting
2: it, to me it's interesting because then, like, you start to wonder why the the life, liberty, and property that Locke said was cut from the the founding documents to be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry about
1: it.
0: Don't worry about <laughs> it. one wonders why they were then. all libertarians, Benedict. One, don't you know that? One
2: wonders why. That's all. Uh, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the Twinkies.
1: They owned people.
2: Anyways, well. he begins this chapter. <laughs>
0: Pretty sure John Adams owned people. I don't remember. I don't think, I'm pretty I don't sure he
2: think did. Adams did. He was uh, uh, well. If you
0: put them all on a billboard and threw a dart at them, you're more likely than did, not yeah. to hit one that owned people. But he begins this chapter proper saying, "When was the last time you went to a grocery store and stood in awe of just how truly amazing these modern marvels are?" This is an absolutely Meats. wild
2: first paragraph. <laughs> it's just glenn Beck going it to the really... fucking giant and being like, oh, "Wow." And I... <laughs> look at all of these meats like mo- like Let me tell you, <laughs> st-
0: as someone who's familiar with glenn beck's physique both when he was on fox news and in the present i can tell you i think he's been spending plenty of time at the grocery
2: it's also store like i'm sorry but american supermarkets are ju- like the del- like they're big but like yeah. you imagine standing in front of the cheese aisle at an american supermarket and being like wow how lucky i am <laughs> Look at the variety of spray cheeses that I could purchase should I wish to. It's
0: something that someone writes when they've never been to a supermarket or what passes for a supermarket in a poor neighborhood in the United States. That's what the fuck that is. Because Glenn Beck has never been to a fucking corner store, right? You, you, you're you in New York City. You have bodegas. Even those are better than what the fuck they have in the eighth ward of Washington, D.C. Yeah, also, where supermarkets, I did a bunch of work in law. School.
2: Supermarkets exist around the world. Like, I don't know if he knows yes. this.
0: This is also true. I've been to a
2: Walmart in uh, Mexico. Oh, interesting. They have that there. Walmart, Walmart a owned ones. a bunch of UK supermarkets at, at sure. one point.
0: Yeah. But, you know, can't get Twinkies there. You can. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's in the American aisle.
0: <laughs> but he says, and the Twinkies, oh, the Twinkies. You can buy dozens of them for less than 10 bucks. Grocery stores really are remarkable places. So what he really wants to drive home is how great those fucking Twinkies are. Because remember, we learned in an earlier chapter, you can't get them in... Sweden, was it? Something I think it was Sweden like where he said you can't. It was somewhere where I tried to find out if you could actually get a it Twinkie was, there. It was
2: Scandinavia. It was one of the, one yeah, of the Scandi countries. It was one anyway. of
0: those. I was really mad I couldn't find out if you could actually get a Twinkie there or not. But he continues making the case by pointing out that a hundred years ago, many homes didn't have electricity, cars or refrigerators
2: because, you know societal progress that like yeah. literally like I, I, and in I, in a hundred years I'm not they'll sure have if things...
0: refrigerators as he thinks of them had been invented a hundred yeah. years ago i'm not sure when exactly in a hundred years from invented. now they'll
2: have things we couldn't have dreamed of like yeah, exactly in, yes society progresses in fits and starts and there are things mm-hmm. that are, are crucial to our existence now that People didn't even know would exist at the time so it's just like oh wow a, a car that you can drive around in are you kid it like are you kidding?" also Who would have thought? also this is like his dunking on a hundred years ago america which is weird in the first instance because you know i don't know like a hundred the, years is know, not uh, like, like go ahead i think
0: we should point out that most american homes today still don't have steam power horses that's or true. ice boxes that's true I, I think that's the, the most important right. thing we can. But point also out
2: to, this is the time in America that was literally a hundred years ago is when fucking Coolidge was president, who is like <laughs> the most free markets president that America has
0: ever had. Benedict, um Have you forgotten the fact that Glenn Beck has completely not bothered to define when his ideal America was? Because he would be forced to point out that the point in time he believed was the best America was a time of intense racism. Mm -hmm. Have you forgotten Mm -hmm. the fact that he's
2: not pointed that out at any point? Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. He does, however, bring up uh, quite pointedly the fact that the Spanish flu of 1918. Um, killed 675,000 yeah. Americans. Yeah, he's like,
2: ha-ha, remember pandemics? That was a fun yeah, time in our he history. He's
0: basically dancing it, on pandemics graves. Yeah,
2: that was, I, I think, actually, that maybe uh, maybe this book caused the pandemic. This is the the karmic response. The,
0: this is the version for this book that we've gotten of all the other books, like the Trump Jr. Oh, book. There's always and, something. Uh, they're like, oh, others. isn't it great
2: <laughs> that we solved Where, this problem? Yeah. And then it's like, no, we did like, not solve this like
0: problem. With Trump Jr. and Dinesh D'Souza, when they're bringing up... You you know, uh, various uh, uh, Michael Cohen, right? They're they're citing Michael Cohen as the source of a quote they liked or something yeah. like that. This is Glenn Beck's that because obviously this book came out right before the pandemic started. And those books came out like right before Michael Cohen and everyone else flipped on Trump. Yep. So it's just it's it's they all have that every single one of them. Has that? Ooh, bet you could wish you could go back and take this quote out. Yeah,
2: but then there's this big block quote where he says, "Infectious disease is the one thing that can compete with the the death count of socialism." But give the socialists a little time. This race isn't over yet. It's it it's written like a block quote, but I think he's just quoting himself. I think that's just like something that he wants to or, say, and he just wrote Benedict. it big.
0: And here's my theory on this. Uh, he is claiming pandemics as right wing. He's claiming them as his own because they are literally competing with socialism for a yeah. death count. Well, his... given Glenn Beck's stance on the, the issue,
2: I'd say there's some teeth to yeah, here's Yeah, here's the thing. Socialism is arguably not even the worst ism in terms of death causes. (laughs) Like, nationalism is pretty up there. Imperialism is pretty up there. there. It just depends, as always, it depends how you define these things. And if you're like, every socialist regime is the same and counts towards a global socialism death count, which, like, yes, there is a big socialism death count, but there's also just a big human race's existence death count in Mm -hmm. that we are, like, largely not great at not living through conflict all the time it's a very recent thing that we weren't all killing each other all the time
0: i don't know about you i go out and try and slaughter four or five people a day i don't so that's is that that's that's kevinism
2: the kevinism is also up there
0: (laughs) by the way um just the other night i was woken up at about four in the morning uh because someone decided to fire a gun into the air outside of my apartment building like six times that was wonderful uh, so, yeah, this is the first city I've li- ever lived in uh, where that's happened because guns are just fucking everywhere here. And isn't that great? But to continue with the book, uh, he has a uh, great after that block quote you mentioned. He has a little quote here. It's great. It is quote. Today, people are healthier, ha- wealthier, happier and safer than they have ever been before. Some of those Americans- are very debatable.
2: Like wealthier is definitely debatable on a, yeah, on a yep. uh, like a certainly among like the middle class. Some people I think are wealthier. The,
0: I think Republicans generally try and argue the right generally tries to argue that since quality of life has improved due largely to technology, that counts as being wealthier than ever before. Even if, say, someone who's living paycheck to paycheck, right, they don't have any wealth. They have they have nothing. Yeah. They have nothing in the bank. But, technically, but their quality of life is higher
2: as well than anyone. Sure
0: for sure but there you know i don't i don't think there's a discernible i don't know it's hard to to argue things like that because there's not an actual metric no, for arguing exactly. how much wealth someone has uh, but he says americans generally live long lives even those without much wealth and high quality affordable food is available in every town in the i country. like that I americans wanted, live yeah.
2: long lives despite not having well, much wealth so like literally we're prolonging their suffering like <laughs>
0: Well, but I like that, going back to what I said before, how he's talking about grocery stores, his line about high-quality, affordable food in every town in the country. Again, this is a guy who has never been to a poor grocery store. Absolutely not, true. Absolutely not. And this is, uh, again, uh, I think, was it this book with the the brain dump about McDonald's? Um, The brain dump from the Freakonomics guy about how McDonald's has the most nutritious burger for the cheapest amount of money, some blah, 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 something like that. Pretty sure that was in this book. But again, it just goes back to that bullshit argument. Nobody should be surviving off of fucking McDonald's. It's fucking trapping poor people into a cycle where they eat bad food and then need medical care and can't,
2: you know, it's just, it's just not fucking horrible. Medical care, yeah. It's, uh, it's a fucking it's, nightmare. It's not good.
0: But then he takes some pot shots at uh, climate change again pointing out that we got all these things from all over the world, and these groceries, he's gonna gonna keep talking about grocery stores. It is the uh, reinventing the wheel of this chapter. (laughs) He just keeps... Rolling back over grocery stores, uh, and then he says, quote, "Now some believe this is a bad thing due to carbon emissions, etc. But when we, th- but before we throw the baby out with the bathwater, let's realize what it means to the health and welfare of the entire world to destroy the very system that man has never seen before and has saved the lives of hundreds of millions of people." Mm. The grocery store has not saved no. the life of fucking anyone.
2: Again, the fucking giant gro- <laughs> Giant <laughs> is not saving, <laughs> out here saving lives yes. of hundreds as of millions. As much I, as
0: I very much appreciate uh gro- as a foodie and someone who cooks a lot, as much as I appreciate the grocery store, I don't think they're providing medical care. I don't think that the grocery store is saving lives. Yeah. Okay.
2: Also, in in the in the next paragraph, um he's so close to getting it like yes, he, he he's it, it you know it it's this when he brings are you place. talking about when
0: he brings up that all everything you have is from a different company in the world and he brings up a baseball cap
2: made in bangladesh exactly. and a, a shirt made in indonesia exactly like, like all places yes, and ben new york Glenn. city and like all places you hate <laughs> like
0: yes yes absolutely But uh, yeah like the, th-
2: the whole globalism thing and exporting exporting um exploitation a lot of the time with globalism is he's this close to, to getting it but it just doesn't quite twig it absolutely does not. Also, it, when it does he think socialism does. happened? He's like, well, in the last 100 years, or 150 to 200 years, everything's been great. Like, when do you think Marx lived, motherfucker? Like, do you think it was back in the the like early like middle ages? Well, and it goes
0: back to the problem, I think when you say like when did socialism happen for him happen? For him, it goes back to the problem of this chapter. He is not claiming, and he never has, I think, and he can't rightfully claim that the United States right now is experiencing socialism, even the straw man version of it that he's described throughout this entire book. He can't claim that, which is part of the problem of why he can't then, as he doesn't in this chapter, give us any actual solutions or recommendations for what to do as a country or as a people. He just doesn't, because there is no problem to solve via free market. Mm-hmm. There's just
2: nothing that he can suggest a solution for. I don't know. You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying with that? Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, it's such a, I, let me, let me just read the quote. So he says, um, when you purchase items, you'll be able to pay for your entire order using a single plastic card, which will transmit financial data near instantaneously. So that you don't know, you'll know down to the penny how much money you have available to spend. Many of us then drive home in a car. like, as if like every invention of the last little while is purely down to to free markets somehow. Which is like, uh, utterly bizarre. Utterly, utterly bizarre. Oh, uh, oh, I don't remember if we
0: passed it already or if it's upcoming. But at some point he does claim the internet.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I love that. I, I have no, things the- to say about that.
0: <laughs> so I just got to read a couple more quotes here because it's, it's hard to explain how much he's saying absolutely nothing in an incredible amount of words without reading the nothing that he's mm-hmm. saying. So a few examples for you here. One. Although humans' technological achievements progressively increased over many millennia, the pace of that development has rapidly risen over the past 500 years, and especially in the past two centuries. And there's one thing that occurred during that period that sets apart from every other period in human history. Individual freedom! Once people were free to own their own property, open new businesses in relatively free markets, and speak, write, associate, and worship freely, the world began to dramatically progress in ways that it had never had before. Isn't that just great? Yeah, Isn't the, that ne- just great? the next paragraph. Individual freedom, Benedict. <laughs> things that nobody had ever had before.
2: <laughs> the next paragraph is so funny. It's the one I texted you about, where he's just like, "Yes, uh, yes, pri- I knew you'd want to bring pri- it up." Prior to America, yes. nobody did any innovation. Like, yes, are you fucking <laughs> kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, even, I'm just gonna read the thing because it's Do so it. wild. Yep. He goes, uh, "So." Carrying on from what you said, he said, this isn't a coincidence. Prior to the Enlightenment and creation of the new world, no, creation of the new world, as if it was a thing that was created, economies were often centrally planned. So he's trying to claim socialism from the pre-Enlightenment age, just so that everyone's clear what's happening there. And subject to the whims of a monarch. I don't think he knows what socialism is. It's fucking (laughs) shocking. (laughs) Subject to the whims of a monarch, emperor, or military despot, unlike, obviously, the whims of a president of Congress, Um, people generally lived and died within a single relatively small geographic area, often where they were born. Again, it's only technology that changed that. That wasn't like free markets cultures ideas and innovations were typically by the way,
0: much of that technology involving transportation was spurred by military which again goes back to that central government investments yeah, there nas- nationalism about.
2: yeah and yeah. also it was invented in the UK so shut the fuck up um, <laughs> culture's ideas you talking about the train the, train. Talking about the, the train. train culture's ideas and innovations were typically slow to travel as a result people had little reason or resources to leave their homes and ruling classes kept lower classes from becoming too wealthy or powerful somewhat true I, really, I agree with you I think he thinks that's socialism yeah I think he does I don't think he knows that's what? not hyper capitalism I mean it's is not feudalism capitalism. now yeah. socialism I mean is maybe. feudalism the new socialism you know, look, there is an argument that Stalinism was feudalism but again I don't think we're, I think we're giving him too much much credit there um yeah people didn't bother innovating was the what i line underlined? yes yes the times, best line the best line except in their own personal lives because the rewards of doing so were often confiscated by someone else <laughs> <laughs> and when people weren't dying from disease or the elements they were often fighting in some king's war or battling foreign invaders which is a paragraph that hits different today as we withdraw from afghanistan
0: yeah, this but this uh, what you the two paragraphs we just read are so fantastic in the way that they provide zero examples
2: whatsoever. Also, just like this utterly is, bizarre way of thinking. Like, oh wait, yes, well, the you- Renaissance famously not a time of innovation and grand invention funded by a monarch, right? like or by right. by a, a, a city state prince essentially.
0: And people didn't bother innovating. (laughs) Absolutely, it's astounding. Absolutely wild to me.
2: I love to look at the cathedrals of Europe and think, "Wow, (laughs) if only they'd known how to build buildings. If only only they'd innovated." We need to get. We need to
0: get. We know it. We need to fly in some uh, Silicon Valley tech guys to talk to all those uh, architects of the Middle Ages and
2: beyond. Absolutely wild. Oh, it's
0: outstanding. It's outstanding. Um. I, just wor- words like innovating yeah that all the you know the silicon valley tech douchebags and the libertarian douchebags share in common uh i really do just love <laughs> that kind of thing can we
2: uh, can so we, we before we get on to the like why uh, this is how we attracted all the can we do the thought experiment because it's yes so funny. yes let's do the thought experiment <laughs> okay take me through i, it, I, I me will through. i will so this is the thought experiment and in which he opens and says imagine being in the 1960s Girls are screaming for the Beatles. TVs are still mostly black and white. And computers are the size of rooms. Now imagine the government (laughs) deciding it wants to set upon a mission to create powerful supercomputers so small they can fit in your pocket. And they want enough for everyone. Also, they want to accomplish this within 50 years. So he's like, how ridiculous that the government would want to accomplish something. (laughs) Also, this (laughs) at a time when the government was like, yeah, I think we can go to the moon. We're going to try and go to the moon.
0: Also, let's not forget... That computers, the computer technology is one that was developed and funded heavily by heavily the government. by the government. And that's exactly,
2: exactly the point here, is he's like, oh, people only innovate when they have skin in the game. The government pays for all of those companies <laughs> yes. to have, to allow themselves to be, like... Tesla, for example, we've talked about this before, but got so mm-hmm. many grants from the government and now yep. is fucking reaping the rewards and criticizing the government in response a lot of the time. Elon Musk is, at least. So it's just yep. like, it's just this, like, it's taking advantage of people not knowing that and thinking, like, people think, oh, Tesla's a great company. Yeah, Tesla wouldn't have survived without government grants. Like it wouldn't have even Absolutely. existed. And again, t- oh, and 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 let's not forget Solar City, exactly. right? Tesla,
0: uh, Musk's other company, where he made you know the lion's share of his money before starting Tesla. So much government money, so much government yeah. money for Solar City, which, by the way, I'm entirely in favor yeah. of. Fund, you know, grants and stuff
2: for solar companies because we need that kind exactly. of shit. But like, we literally don't be a must. We literally call them moonshots because yeah. the government once was like, "We should go to the moon." Everyone was like, "That's insane," oh. and the government was but, like, can, no, but we're going to the moon." Imagine you're in the
0: 1960s and the government is saying they want to go to the moon,
2: <laughs> and then uh,
0: 55, 60 years later private companies finally make it to exactly. the moon after the government's been doing it, it for
2: it's decades absolutely it's, it's just a bizarre it, based way based on of, st-
0: on using all that yeah, technology exactly. that the government developed just,
2: and, and also the, oh. the technology that the government developed to go to space later became the supercomputer that's in your pocket so like yes are you just come on it's such a base way of looking at the world and it's so stupid it's a joke it's, it's a fucking so joke. stupid and then he goes he even the, the, the funniest bit about this for me is that he even mentions the moon landing within this yeah. thought experiment and then is like that's not relevant to my point like he just like in <laughs> passing mentions nasa and then is like ah whatever <laughs> and then yep. as you say he is like yeah the internet uh that's uh that's a private company free markets oh, innovation yeah. oh we'll, get to, that, that we'll wasn't, get to well it. i mean that's kind of <laughs> referenced in the thought experiment as well it is um, yeah and then he's uh, yeah as if that wasn't again vastly funded by various governments around the world it's just but, but benedict let it not be
0: said that glenn beck doesn't rec- doesn't recognize that this great land of freedom and free markets that he loves has its downside mm. as well he says quote that's not to say there weren't mistakes made along the way yeah including some incredibly tragic errors That is a bullshit euphemistic way to refer to slavery, which is what he brings up in the very next sentence. Yeah, it
2: it, it is. It's also one of those like Instagram notes apologies, like mistakes were made. Like it's taking absolutely no responsibility. And I know like, you know, It's not his fault, necessarily. I'm
0: (laughs) sure when he wrote that clip, he popped up and said, are you trying to apologize for slavery? Also,
2: I like the fact... Maybe I can help you I like the fact that in the paragraph before that, we skipped over it, but he's like, oh, uh, this great innovation attracted immigrants from all over the world, from China, Ireland, Italy. Like, how were they treated when they got here, Glenn? (laughs) Like, what did did Americans think of them when they arrived?
0: Anyways, Benedict, we get... I think this is the only... subsection of this chapter yeah. i think it's the only other one and it is titled
2: no, no there's a another one. It was, uh, oh, there's, there's you're there's one right about you're Hong right I remember, and, China, yep. and then there's yep. one about capitalism being for dreamers so. well this is titled a freer richer world mm. and
0: he says probably my favorite paragraph he's written Throughout much of the Western world, those of us who believe in the power of free markets have been told for decades that our ideas were once meaningful, but have since been replaced with better, more enlightened ideas about how to order society. That is
2: an absolutely garbage sentence. Sorry. It starts with (laughs) whatever. Throughout much of the Western world, we've been, much of us have been told for decades. What the fuck? Come on. Uh Uh-huh. But then he says, we've been told that freedom is an outdated, quaint
0: notion, one that's holding the world back from reaching its full potential. And then he drops in, in quotations, with quotation marks, if only you were willing to give away your freedom, we've been told, to an army of well-educated, and this is again, in quotes, to an army of well-educated, highly-skilled bureaucrats, you'd have better lives, and all of the world's ills could be cured. Yeah, I didn't believe anyone has ever said Something that. Something no one stand. has ever yeah. fucking yeah. said.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So we have the bullshit claiming that people are saying, "Oh, it's just your freedom that's the problem." Nobody has ever said we need to get rid of freedom. They've said, "Hey, uh, how about some reasonable regulations on this economic yeah. sector it's, 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 that can get rid of some of the ills that the, it's this causing?"
2: This whole he does it again in the when he's talking about liberal to- cocktail parties in Los Angeles yes, and New York. Yes, yes, I was <laughs> going.
0: I was going to say Benedict. Uh, that that first sentence i read that first paragraph was my favorite yeah until paragraph. you got
2: to the next one yeah <laughs> until it's, it's i read literally this one. hold on it, but before you start i just want to i just want to <laughs> flag this is literally like the thing that happens on twitter of like inventing oh, yeah. a guy to get mad at oh
0: like no benedict this is a hipster coffee shop <laughs> this is he glenn beck has written his own hipster coffee shop except it's a la cocktail party is what it is yep. and it is quote Almost nightly at cocktail parties in cities like Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco, socialists talk about how they're so worldly and how ignorant Americans are in the heartland when it comes to the so-called achievements of the rest of the world. And then, in quotation marks, this is supposed to be, I guess, the quote from those socialistic cocktail parties, quote, If only those deplorables would spend more time reading The New Yorker and less time riding around on their tractors, they'd see how fabulously central planning works.
2: Bizarre. (laughs) Uh, abs- just absolutely absolutely <laughs> astounding ab- absolutely wild like true and then also like there was a small like interlude <laughs> of world bank data in the middle of that just for no real reason about like world uh-huh. poverty going down
0: oh he pointed out that the, the percentage of the world population sure. in extreme Bre- poverty great. felled from 1990 to and 2015 I'm sure free
2: markets are absolutely the reason for that and there's no other reason of course um, of course I, I also have a logistical question about the New Yorker because yes. he, he, he jumps on to, oh they
0: want to take away your freedom the New well, Yorker wants sure, to take away your freedom you don't know but, that but
2: like the so he talks about um, it, it, if the enlightened left spent more time looking at hard data and less time reading left wing echo chambers like the New Yorker, can a magazine mm-hmm. be an echo chamber? <laughs> well,
0: Ben, if you open it up and then curl it around your face <laughs> then is so an, that it covers and your then ears, speak, then it is an echo chamber. Then, then technically, it can be but an echo I, I chamber. Mean, I
2: mean, I feel like a magazine is, v- by very definition, not an echo <laughs> yeah. chamber because there's Since no you're feedback You are not able to today. talk to yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I just, I, I feel like uh, justice for echo chambers, I guess, or justice for the New Yorker. I don't know. what, what are the two?
0: Oh, this, I,
2: I just find it so amazing. We then go through the list I, again of all the countries yes. that are doing better under capitalism. That's basically the rest of this chapter, isn't it? Where he's, well, again, I, like yeah. China is a bit be- like, it's uh, like, oh, well, uh, China is capitalist now. Like, is it, dude? Like, you don't think China's economy is centrally planned in any way? Like, that's, that seems like a stretch.
0: Yeah, it seems strange to me. And we, we remember all the bad examples he given us throughout this book, right? Every India, time he brings... it every like, time.
2: Up, it's literally every and, time. Because
0: remember, it all goes back to his bullshit straw man of socialism, which he is applying to the American left today, mm. right? He claims this is what they want, is like fucking communism
2: of the 1940s oh, yeah. which completely is not completely seized means of production wants. like all that all that stuff.
0: Right. Nobody wants this, this fucking centralized bullshit. No, no, nobody that I well there are Some the tankies, people do. of course. Some but, people do. but the majority of people even those on the left in the United States, even the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs are not saying let's get rid of markets. Let's not, they're not saying get rid of that shit. They want to regulate them. Yeah. That's fucking different. But Glenn isn't able to discern the difference. So to him, what chi- what China has done in slightly liberalizing and allowing more f- more you know more free market activity is the equivalent of what he thinks the left in the U.S. wants. When they really, they don't come anywhere close to each other. There's there's no similarities that I can discern from them. Also, uh, he claims, you know, all these things. He's talking about India again, uh, about how they uh, increased their GDP by X amount, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he doesn't bother to talk about uh, what was called the Soviet economic miracle and how the Soviet Union drastically increased their own GDP. Nah. Uh, yeah, that
2: that he doesn't want to talk about that so much, but or about China also, still being a massively centrally planned economy. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, he sure doesn't want to. But so the, the thing that frustrated me the most about this chapter is, although he cites a couple of bullshit artists in here, he doesn't cite anybody interesting for me to talk about. Yeah. he cites Reason Magazine, right? That's one person, mm-hmm. Sam Staley of Reason Magazine, who's just a fucking bullshit libertarian. I don't give a shit. Then he cites. Uh, Arthur Brooks and his book, The Conservative Heart, who Arthur Brooks was the president of the American Enterprise Institute until he resigned in 2019 amid what some people believe was him uh, being fed up with where the American Enterprise Institute was in supporting Donald Trump. So, hey, if that's why he resigned, kudos to him. Still not going to give him the benefit of the doubt in that uh, that, uh, presumption I talked about earlier in the episode. Still not going to do that, but... Also, when I tried to look up that book, I found out that nobody gave a shit about that book. There was literally only one article reviewing that book I could find, and it was the New York Times Review of Books, and it read just like an attempt at SEO to get anyone who was searching for that book <sighs> who might be <laughs> putting it into Google. That's all it fucking read like. Like, nobody gave a shit about that book. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he brings up a bad example, he brings up a very bad example where he ta- he's going back to China again mm-hmm. and he's talking about China and how they liberalized their economy.
2: Yeah, um, he's also talking, he, just before you start, he talks about China uh, and the, the date ranges he gives come from way, like they start way before China started to liberalize, liberalize its economy.
0: Yes, yes they do. <laughs> but also, probably bad for Glenn's argument, um, he spends a couple of paragraphs talking about how China met with the Singaporean Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew. Yeah. Um, Glenn, buddy, I hate to tell you this. Singapore has an incredibly centrally planned economy. Yeah, uh, they, they do. also, is, To
2: be fair to them, they do have very free, uh, like very low tariffs and things like that. And you know, sure,
0: sure. But as I said, it's a very centrally yeah, planned yeah, yeah. economy. Thinking, no,
2: that's the thing. Like he, what he means all, is tariffs. The, like that's, that's. It also has I
0: mean. state majority ownership <laughs> of uh, most of the the country's biggest businesses. Well, yeah. So it and, should be. He should be screaming often, socialism often quite there. quite a
2: lot of censorship as well. Just uh, let's, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's be clear about that. Yeah.
0: My, and canings. My, Lots my of canings. My favorite
2: thing is when, like, so he also talks about Hong Kong, which is another kind of weird example. Yep. Um, and that's the next section that I, I guess we can get onto now. But the um, yeah. the way the way he's like, do you remember when we were talking about the Scandinavian countries? And he's like, mm-hmm. big countries just aren't the same as small countries. The same lessons don't apply. They're non-transferable. <laughs> and then he's like, anyway, yes. so Hong Kong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this tiny island off the coast of
2: China. <laughs> yeah. Singapore. Uh, that's, a, that's a lesson in how American economies can work.
0: Yeah, it is a strange... Again, it goes back to... He doesn't know how to pull good examples. Well, maybe it's more that he doesn't, he
2: doesn't have, have good, good examples. So. But he also just forgets what he criticized as being bad yeah. examples before. And then is like, well, I've got it, the perfect example.
0: It doesn't matter because people, well, A, no one read this book, right? <laughs> fucking, this book was bought in bulk by the Heritage Foundation, other right-wing outlets to throw up the the sales numbers and put it on bestsellers lists, that, that, and the other. The people who did buy this book actually bought it to put on their bookshelves or to skim through because they thought it would make them smarter, like I did when I bought the predecessor to this book when I was fucking 17 years old or however old I was when it came out, Right? Nobody fucking read this book, and of those very few who actually did, they didn't remember what he said earlier in the book by the time they got to that point, because they weren't reading critically. This is not a book for people who are actually looking to discover issues. In academic works, which you and I have read plenty of, they actually do criticize themselves. They actually do point out where they may have issues, where they need to do further research to determine. Yeah, potential
2: flaws in their argument.
0: Absolutely, that is a core of academic work. Of course he does none of that here. This is self-reflection. What do you expect?
2: <laughs> I <put a> beyond <laughs> Twinkies and calling yourself. The hell fat. is that bullshit.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. That that's so Glenn's get... self-reflection, calling himself dumb and fat. Like
0: <laughs> So we get to the final subsection of this entire book. And it is titled So Stupidly, Capitalism
2: is for dreamers. Not those dreamers. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: I love that you pointed that out before I could get to Sorry. it, because that was the same joke it, I came yeah, up with.
2: Not, it's, yeah.
0: <laughs> Wrong dreamers. Yeah. Wrong dreamers. Uh, no, it means the my, other kind. My
2: favorite bit of this section is like, free markets won World War II. Sorry, yeah, free um, markets allowed America to liberate Europe, which is just you like... You know,
0: those free markets that were caused by the mass mobilization under the federal government of the entire U.S. economy towards the war effort. Those free markets. Well, also,
2: the Soviets those, fucking those liberated were. Europe. Let's be well, yeah, clear. We, like,
0: we, could, we could also point that part of it out through, too, Benedict. Through free markets. Either, but le- le- let's it, not either, pretend. Either direction you go on that and ignore Britain because they didn't do anything yeah. in the war. But either way you go on that, uh, you end up with pretty much the same result. Let,
2: let's not pretend that uh, communism played no Wait. factor in ending the war in Europe. Oh, I
0: thought you were going to push back on my, my Britain. Well, comment, there, there, and I was going to point actually... out that Benedict, Benedict, we can at least agree. The French were garbage, wow. right? We can at least agree on that
2: point. Yeah, there's actually a, a fun quote about World War II, and it, it's that it was one with American arms, British brains, and Russian blood.
0: Mmm. William Shakespeare. Yep. I <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> think so. I think it might be Churchill, actually. But so, that's what Glenn Beck would That's who Glenn Beck probably. would quote as the source
0: of that. Yep. yep. Uh, but yeah, he's so this is where we get... Um, Stuff that's strange, uh, given where we know the world is today. And I'll be fair and say that I haven't seen, because I don't listen to his radio show or anything. Uh, and Media Matters, for the record, doesn't even cover Glenn Beck that much anymore, because as I've sort of mentioned, he is sort of fading into irrelevance. Um, and I, you know, the reason why I thought it was important of this is, while he's irrelevant now, Glenn Beck is so important to where the right-wing movement yeah, has gone since 2010.
2: He's intellectually important, which sounds like a he's, weird thing to say, but he's uh, yeah. he is intellectually important. He
0: was the building blocks for where they've gone to now, even though now nobody gives a fuck about The Blaze. Nobody gives a shit what he's doing now, right? Talk radio is dying. Nobody listens to his radio show. You know, Nobody watches his web program, whatever the hell it is, when he puts up his chalkboard and stands in front of it but he is incredibly important to where they are now. And while I haven't seen him saying this, you know, the white genocide stuff and the Great Replacement bullshit that uh, Tucker Carlson and everyone else is parroting, I sort of have to imagine he probably believes those things. Even though I haven't seen him say them, he probably is on board with them. And I will say like the last thing, uh, the, the most recent thing that Media Matters has on Glenn Beck is his most recent appearance on Tucker Carlson. During the same time period that Tucker Carlson is parroting great replacement bullshit on his show. So, you know, if you don't agree with someone on that front and they're doing horrible racism, you don't go on their show. So I'm going to say probably Glenn Beck is in line with that kind of stuff. But he spends the beginning of this section extolling the virtue of the fact that we had all these different peoples with different religions and cultures and all these things coming to this country And that's what made America so great. He even says, quote, After all, Americans didn't have lavish palaces or a storied history, at least not compared to the centuries-old monarchies of the old world. Much of the United States was and is now composed of immigrants, or the children or grandchildren of immigrants. We had very different religious beliefs, and in many respects cultures and that was considered by many to be a weakness a nation that didn't share a uniform culture religion and governing structure was thought to be unsustainable and potentially vulnerable to foreign invasion and that is basically the exact opposite of what everyone on his side is yeah. saying
2: right now yeah yeah that is uh, that is not especially
0: that culture line because that's what they are using oh, yeah, as they're, the, they're pushing the
2: urbanism the aren't they now it's the new line
0: yeah that's that's the one uh, he continues on, though, he says, quote, free markets coupled with constitutional rights and a representative Republican government are at the heart of America's success. Without free markets, the United States wouldn't be the economic juggernaut that it is today. And that's the point where I realize he has never bothered to define free markets nope. throughout this book and all that other stuff. Right. We, so we've talked about a lot of this before. The constitutional rights part. Um, nobody is saying we get rid of constitutional rights other than the Second Amendment because fuck that. We don't need it. Um, right. And, and assuming that if you get rid of a constitutional right, then it doesn't make sense for Glenn to be mad about it. It doesn't because his only argument that he stands on is it's a constitutional right. Other than what he could argue, I think is, well, you know, our constitutional rights come from God and that's why they're constitutional rights.
2: So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the constitutional rights are arbitrary as is like...
0: But given the fact that Glenn thinks the United States is the single greatest governing structure ever created and the Constitution is a masterpiece and it's perfect in every goddamn way, blah, 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 he would have to agree with the fact that the process for amending the Constitution makes it perfectly valid to write an amendment that gets rid of another amendment. Yeah, he would have to agree with that.
2: Well, does. That I, I don't also. understand
0: how he gets around that. It just wouldn't make sense. I, I mean, and literally then,
2: that happened with uh, Prohibition. With, with a lot. Notably Prohibition, which was an amendment that was then amended. Yeah. Yes, absolutely true. And so there are other things in here. right. I wanted to point out the representative Republican
0: government think line that he throws in there because that's obvious bullshit. We've talked about that before. And I think that the fact that he keeps harping on that goes back to his John Birch oh, no, Society real. link. Yeah. Yep, because that's a huge thing they talk about. He always wants to bring up that, you know, if we had uh, anything else than this representative Republican government that he never bothers to define as how it's different than, you know, a democracy or anything like that, uh, then the majority could exercise their will over the minority. Mm, And how bad would that
2: be? Much worse Except than the minority exercising its will yeah. over the majority. He
0: does not seem to be able to explain why it is more morally acceptable for the minority to exercise their will over the majority. Yeah. Unless you accept that he thinks
2: apartheid is a good
0: thing. Mm. Only way you get to that.
2: Only way mm. you get to that. My favorite bit of the subsection is the picture of him with the coin. Is it
0: coins? Or pe- oh,
2: like, God. it's like no. addicted, addicted to outrage. It's pills, I, I- think.
0: I think they're supposed to be pills, but I'm pretty sure they're just like those candy hearts, oh, okay. but round yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. That's what they it's look just, like to it's me. It's a
2: very funny title for him yeah, to have so... written something called Addicted to
0: Outrage. It's just <laughs> yes, like...
1: he's pissed. It's very self He's pimping his other book. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's pimping his uh, other book in this book, which he, he does uh, note and said, well, how ironic is it? I'm trying to sell you on my other book in this book. Uh, ah, it's just capitalism at work. Great. But uh, it is the other book is titled Addicted to Outrage, you mentioned. Yes, he's really trying funny. to sell that. And he actually says, you know, for a great resource of all the incredible things free markets have achieved, check out that book.
2: That was supposedly what he was doing in this book yeah that's so what this how, was supposed is that to book be, gonna be any fucking it's gonna tell you it? another book to read to find all the <laughs> great eventually we'll just get to hayek like that's it like yeah. <laughs> go read someone else's book i guess once you've bought all of mine
0: oh god by the way, I did want to mention, I, that just for no reason at all spurred my mind. Um, earlier we were talking about, uh, he brought up, there was a line he wrote about uh, statistics or something, or hard data, right? Something like that. Um, at some point in the future, because I just found out a bunch of stuff about this the other day, we're going to have to do a deep dive into the Mies Institute. Uh, the you know, Sometimes called the von Mies Institute, mm. but I think it's just the Mies Institute. Um, we're going to have to do a deep dive into them, because they are what so many of these hacks go back to as a source. And they are so much wackier and wilder and crazier than I thought to begin with. We're talking like, you know, direct links to Nazi sympathizers and out and out racists. And they absolutely, uh, they claim to be economists, but they, um, don't believe in data. Uh, for our statistics cool. for economy. So it, it's we're going to have to do a deep dive on them at some point because Glenn has cited them at multiple points throughout this book um, and we're going to have to. We're going to have to talk about that. But yes, he does say at this point, this is what we've been talking about, he says, quote, without free enterprise, Americans wouldn't have been able to build the internet, the world's greatest example of the success of the free market. And again, I have to point out, sh- sure, nobody wants to get rid of the free market, Glenn. It's just regulation is not getting rid of it. You don't understand yep. that. But also, I will point out again, the internet was created with a shitload of government funding.
2: Yeah, and also by the British. Fuck you.
0: You didn't do shit. Go, Tim, talk talk Go talk to France. Go talk to France. Tim
2: Berners-Lee would like a word. <laughs>
0: no, I thought you killed your internet guy. Um,
2: anyway. Which one? <laughs>
0: Well, that was a touring reference, but you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, uh, that was computers,
0: but yeah, uh, yeah, you murdered him. Yeah, yeah you murdered touring. Yeah, um, yeah, but then he lists a bunch of things which I'm sure uh, he has screamed about as conspiracy theories on his radio show: uh, drones delivering packages to your house, self-driving vehicles, uh, and uh, using AI to yeah, look through medical data. How is data. the
2: answer to this free markets? Also? Like, I mean. It, th-
0: dude, nobody does drones better than the government. We know this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazon's drones, Amazon's drones don't have rockets exactly. on. Exactly. So pretty sure, pretty sure the government does better drones. Also, uh, but, I, I, he
2: then is like the image of, the, of of capitalism so many Americans have is one of corruption, backroom deals and crony. Like, how do you think we got here? Like, what did you yeah. think was the road that led us to this point? It's not like we used to be socialist and we're just opening up. Like America is the hyper-capitalist yeah. economy, It's also not like we
0: used to be this pure form of capitalism and now we're crony capitalism. Like that none of it makes sense either way. And like I I pointed out, he has never bothered to give us a a point, uh, something to look at, a a point in time in which we had this perfect idea of capitalism, which he does imply existed in the past. Yeah, because if he were to do so, he would have to point out that it was. A horrible time to be alive if you were anyone except for a wealthy white male he would have to point that out or reckon with it in some way
2: so he just can't he can't do that my favorite bit of this is actually where he's like "Uh, I had a bad time in my 30s because I got way too wrapped up in the money I had and he doesn't give us any examples but now I'm just imagining all the things Glenn Beck did with his money (laughs)
0: Well, we know about his, uh, was it a Corvette that he crashed sure. when he got a DUI? Was that I it? I think we either. talked about that in the introduction to Glenn Beck episode. Um, but yes, he does say that it was materialism that had taken hold of his life. And I just want to say, Glenn, no, it was not materialism. It's called a cocaine. Addiction. <laughs> That's what you had. And you have admitted that <laughs> it's not materialism, buddy. You had another, an entirely other reckless <laughs> problem in your life in your thirties. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he also says this quote: "Free markets aren't good or bad. They don't cause problems. People acting freely within uh, those markets create problems. don't kill people. People kill
2: people. Shut it's a the
0: distinction fuck without up. a difference. Exactly. It's a distinction
2: without when a difference. When free markets are available, like it, this is the thing. Like he says this. He says exactly the opposite about social media platforms. He's like social yeah. media platforms are the problem." Rather, it's just it. Oh. Well, the the you know free. What is a free market? Again, he's never bothered to
0: define it. But what is a free market if it's not people acting freely?
2: Yeah. So there's there's no difference between those two things. Exactly. Terms. It's so it's an invitation is. for people to behave the way they want to behave.
0: Absolutely. So there's it, again distinction without a difference. It does not matter. It's just a stupid thing to say. But Benedict, Benedict, we are one page. I've away. closed the book.
2: I'm one. done. We I'm <laughs> just <laughs> waiting for you to wrap up at this point. Honestly. <laughs>
0: Well, Benedict, I have a few selections to read okay. towards the end of this. And he can, and remember, I kept thinking at some point he's going to give us a solution. And now he finally does. He gives us a way that we can solve the problems that exist in our world. <laughs> do your own research. Socialism, And he says, quote, if you want to fix the many problems facing the world, and I have no doubt that if you've read this far into this book, you do, and I will say, I do, and problems with this world are glenn beck mostly then the best thing you can do is to reform your own heart and be a force for good in the lives of those around you what let oh, wow fucking letdown. and the
2: real heroes were their friends we made along the way oh the, how uh,
0: fucking lame is that
1: very lame. that is so pathetic that is because an eighth grade end ending
0: at the end of the day he has to admit he has nothing to complain about There is no socialism in the United States right now. And even the most ardent leftists we have in government are not clawing for any of the shit that he's complaining about. So what's the best his readers can do? Look within your own heart. (laughs) Be a friend to all of those around you. Make sure to love your family and all of those who are important (laughs) in your life. That's the best he can fucking
2: do. Yeah, it's not
0: good. It's so sad. So... Benedict, normally I read the final paragraph.
2: Final paragraph of the, of the but this book.
0: Time, this time, I will read the final two Ooh, blessed. paragraphs. Hashtag of this blessed. Chapter. Let's go. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Didn't I do that to you a while back? I think so. <laughs> and you were like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I will read the final two paragraphs of this entire book in their entirety, and they are as follows Quote. Some Americans wrongly think that conservatives want to keep things as they are. But that's not what we're hoping to conserve. We're not foolishly working to keep the world trapped in a time capsule, but rather to maintain and even enhance our freedoms so that we can radically change the world for the better. We're not opposed to progress, quite the contrary. In fact, we're hopelessly obsessed with progress, which is why we're so opposed to government's tireless efforts to stop or slow innovation in the name of social justice. You know how often social justice is how we stop innovation?
2: Yep, you know it. Sense. We hate to change the world. Yep. There
0: is nothing good for society that comes from stunting economic growth and nothing just about tyranny. If you're a socialist, maybe you've read through this book and remain skeptical of the benefits of free markets and the dangers of socialism. Good. Question everything you've read here and everything you've heard elsewhere with boldness and do your own homework. Don't take my word for it or anyone else's for that matter. All that I ask is that you continue to pursue the things, in, the truth in all things, but especially on the question of socialism. If you do, you'll find we have more in common than you might think or want to admit end of arguing with social Benedict that very last line that is the pulling it all the way back to the very beginning because That's the first just sentence. like that he opened the
2: entire book with faux neutrality yeah, and faux yeah love to see it hate it hate love it hate it hate, it. It, hate, it, hate it. it good riddance goodbye oh Benedict na, 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 how do you feel about this na. book
1: <laughs> na, na,
0: na, na.
2: That's how I feel about
0: well, it. Well, we are running over time. So I will say, we're going to have our wrap-up two weeks from now where we'll be going over everything that we've learned, I guess, in this book. We'll be talking about our thoughts about it, going back over it. But I do want to say, is there any real takeaway from this book? Or did he just ruin it for us with that bullshit last chapter? No,
2: I think, I mean, it. it it's again, it's it, it's just like, the takeaway for me is it's the same old thing, right? It's like the same old, ev- mm. everything is socialism. Nothing good can be socialism. Here are yep. examples why. Even
0: things that probably are a little socialistic aren't actually socialism yeah. because that would destroy my argument about what exactly. socialism actually it's a, it's is. It's an
2: extremely black and white view of the world, essentially, is, is what it is. It
0: is. It's simplistic because he is a simple-minded person. Anyone who thinks a- Ayn Rand is a good life guide has to be simple-minded. Yeah. By the way, uh, I never, I never mentioned this to you, uh, but we're talking, speaking of Ayn Rand, I have told you many times uh, about aspects of the book Atlas Shrugged uh-huh. uh, and certain things. And I just the other day I had this amazing, amazing moment uh, where I was on YouTube watching some John Birch videos, oh, nice. and they were talking about. This, Because I was trying to figure out, what does he mean by free market? And uh, th- they were talking about what the free market means. And they were talking about how it means, well, if one person has a talent for drilling oil wells, then they'll drill oil wells. And they'll make money from that. And then they can trade what they've made from drilling their oil wells with people who are good at making shovels and then they'll have <laughs> shovels and the shovel maker will be able to make and sell their shovels. And Bennett in, in Atlas shrugged that whole bullshit Valley that the protagonist goes to with, uh, uh, the fucking douchebag who John Galt, um, <laughs> That, that's what it is there. It's literally like, well, we have one guy who's really good at, at making shovels and we have one guy who's really good at doing oil wells <laughs> and everybody does their thing and they, they all trade with each other for gold and that's how our society works. It's such fucking simple-minded bullshit. And of course it is. And it's outstanding. It's outstanding. I'm going to force you to read okay. that book someday. Maybe we'll
2: do, <laughs> maybe we'll do the maybe for a patron episode.
0: All um, right. We'll think about it. But anyways, Benedict... That is it for this week's episode. We're finally done with this book. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out. And this, as I mentioned last week, is an extra special shout-out because last week, Patreon wasn't working, so I wasn't able to give a shout out to any of our patrons. So just so you all know, this shout out is extra special. Uh so shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons Benjamin Carlisle Dexter Allison C. David Megan Ruth Glaurung the Deceiver Big Easy Blasphemy Becky Scott Fairley Steven and Cindy Dimick, AJ Brantley Taro Takan Skeptical Seventh and Balls Waterson. thank you all as always for being our patrons uh, that's it for this week's show till next time
2: fuck you Glenn <laughs> goodbye <laughs> which Marvel hero have that? to buy
1: all of them, <laughs> all of them. <laughs>